0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Behind the Movement podcast. This is Kyle Fincham. And before I get to today's conversation, uh, I just wanted to share with you guys that our virtual platform for Movement Brooklyn is available now in the form of Movement Brooklyn Online. And it's a place where we're doing live classes, we're doing office hours to, to support people's practice in any way that we can. And uh, it's also a place for us to to have a conversation it's a, a platform where where everybody is welcome to share their ideas and their thoughts and their their feedback on 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 what we're doing so it's a it's a bit of a place for curiosity and curious people so if it's something you're interested in we would love to have you uh, you can join by going to movementbrooklyn.com or you can go to members.movementbrooklyn.com and uh, there's more information there and uh, opportunities to sign up, so hopefully you'll join us. Uh, Let's get to today's conversation with Samantha Starr. Uh, I've crossed paths with Sam Starr uh, a number of times over the years here. Um, She is a a, a really incredible hand balancer and pole performer, and she's also a, a hand balancing teacher and pole teacher and she comes from a, a, a really interesting story. She has a lot to say about uh, her approach to, to teaching and practice and I really enjoyed talking to her. I've, uh, I've always enjoyed getting to have conversations with her but this is the first time we've gotten to do uh, a long-form uninterrupted conversation and it, it was really such a pleasure and it, I already look forward to the the next time we get to chat. So, I think you'll enjoy it as much as I did. So here it is, Sam Star. Enjoy. Hello. Yo, good to see you.
1: How's it going?
0: Uh, things are all right. Things are moving along. You're in yeah.
2: Colorado.
0: I am in Colorado. Yeah, I'm here. I. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all very strange. I was thinking about it yesterday. I'm like in February, I'm like, there's no way I would have thought that, like, by the end of the year, I would be uh, in Colorado, of all places.
3: I mean, if you're gonna go anywhere, Colorado's the place to go, I guess, right?
0: I mean, it is not a bad place to be. It is, I mean, you know, it. You, you've you been here. It's like, it's beautiful, like, especially Boulder has a lot of the things that I think we're all into. Cute.
1: There's lots yeah.
3: to do.
0: yeah. But it's not New York. I mean, if I'm being honest, there's a little bit of me now at this point. Alexa, have you ever met my wife, Alexa? I
3: don't know. I think I, maybe once in passing, but I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't recognize her.
0: Yeah. We were just watching the this show on HBO. I think it's called The Undoing, this show with Nic- Nicole Kidman. But it's like in New York, and it's very New York. And we were both watching it, and we were both like, there's these things about it, like this energy where you're like, oh, I miss that.
3: Well, if it makes you feel any better, it's not like that right now.
0: That's what I've heard. So it's
3: work, but it's different.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, when I I went back, like, I guess maybe two days before we flew out. Okay. and And I went into the city to say goodbye to a friend of mine. And I felt that it was like, it's not the same. Although I have to, I do have to say that it was still very much alive. Like it was a nice day yeah. and everybody had masks on and they were like, we are yeah. going to be outside and do it.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's cold now and people are still out walking around and doing stuff. So
0: that's nice. I mean, New York is in some ways, like in, in at least in the U S to me, like the epitome of like resilience, it is like a real hard place. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, and I love that. I love New York. Yeah.
3: I've been here yeah. since 2012, and it's like more home than anywhere else I've been.
0: Uh, where were you at before that? By the way, I'm recording. Just so you know, I, I start out recording. I see
3: like the, I see the yeah. button on.
0: Yeah. Where, where were you at before?
3: Um, so I'll start from the beginning. <laughs> I was born in Delaware. Uh, lived there till I was 10, and then my parents moved us to Salt Lake City, Utah, So I spent my formative years out West um, from when I was 10 to when I was 18. Uh Uh, And then when I graduated high school, I left (laughs) immediately Mm -hmm. Um, and ended up traveling overseas for two years, Uh, ended up in Boston for 10. And then Mm -hmm. now I've been in New York for eight. Wow. Yeah.
0: Why did you guys go to Salt Lake City? of all places.
3: So my parents are both very, um, they're not hippies, but they're like granolas. They're very crunchy. They like the outdoors. They like the wilderness. I grew up camping. Okay. Um, and so my parents had gone to school in Oregon and then my dad had gotten a job in Delaware. They live there, but they, the East coast just doesn't have, it's not the same. Yeah. And like, we went to the Adirondacks camping and stuff like this. I remember when I was a little kid, but then Uh, they wanted to move back out West and Utah had the opportunity and they still live there. Um, Mm -hmm. They go hardcore camping and canoeing and kayaking and like all of the things. Um, They just did a, an eight day river trip in a canoe.
1: What? That's Um, amazing.
3: I think it was the green river or one river that it was the last section of river they hadn't done yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're, they're, yeah, they're real outdoorsy and into it.
0: Do you, do you still do that stuff or do you only do it when you're like with them?
3: I miss going out into nature, but I don't drive. So mm-hmm. getting myself there is so slightly more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, I I don't even go back to Utah very often. Um, once every like couple of years, maybe. And like, I'll go on a couple hikes with my mom, but like, I'm out of shape. <laughs> like the altitude and just going up like mountains. And she's just like, come on. And I'm like, <gasps> like, mm-hmm. die. I'm like, I can't even climb stairs. Um, so there is like a, a cardiovascular end of it that I kind of, kind of makes me sad, but, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really as an adult explored camping or hiking, um, to the extent that I did when I was growing up and I didn't appreciate it enough, mm-hmm. um, as a kid, but also like if I go out and visit friends in Boulder, like we'll go for a hike or two.
0: Right. Right. But, but it's not like, it's not like could like eight day canoe trips.
3: I could do it. Uh-huh. I don't know if I would make time for it. Uh-huh. It's not, it's not as high on my priority list, I guess, or hasn't right. been. And like, maybe at some point it will be again. Mm-hmm. Um, But also I don't have the gear. Right. So it would have to be something that like, maybe I would be like, Hey mom, Hey dad, do you guys want to spend some quality time together in the woods? Right. Um, and they, I'm sure would maybe be excited about that. But, um, it's, it's not something that like my immediate friend group does on a regular basis either. Like yeah. day, day hikes and stuff like this. Yes. But, uh, the overnighting, yeah, the the gear is a lot and just, I don't have access to it.
0: So were you guys also like doing a lot of like handcrafting? Like it sounds to me like your parents might be the type of people who like build a lot of their own things as well.
3: <laughs> they don't build that much. My dad has a pretty extensive garden. Okay. Um, and my mom does weird art. Okay. That she puts up in the house.
0: Um, uh, this like is it, very cool.
3: They do that stuff and they all go play music also
0: they pl- oh they play play
3: yeah like my dad plays guitar and my mom uh does piano
0: and flute very interesting
3: so they and they still do this they also um play ping pong a lot for um in their i can't remember how my mom put it but like as they were getting older they wanted to have the reflexibility to be able to like think properly and things like this and ping pong is a great skill hand eye yeah. coordination um so apparently they play ping pong games to see who cleans up dinner
0: I feel like your parents need to host a retreat or something.
3: They would. If, I mean, if anyone is ever in Salt Lake City, Utah, and needs a place to stay, you can pretty much hit them up. I mean, maybe the COVID times, I don't know. But like they have definitely brought people in, had dinners and like have a guest room and things like this. So they do like to entertain and take care of the friends and the everything.
0: Yeah. I haven't met them, but I'm super into your parents. I'm <laughs> they're, like. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, and, and I feel like that's like what you just said is something that people don't gravitate towards very quickly, but to say like, they're pretty cool is yeah. like a, a a rare thing coming from like a child to like their parents.
3: Now, 10 years ago, I would not have said this. Yeah. It's, it's, come, it's come around where I, I appreciate my parents more as I've met other people, how they behave and react and like seen, met friends of mine's parents and been like, oh, my parents, I did, okay. They were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate them more now than I did probably previously.
0: <laughs> so do, they, do you ever kind of like, cause it sounds like they're pretty open to like new things. Do you ever take them through some of the stuff that you're into and be like, Hey, can I show you some things?
3: Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, so my mom came to a class at body and pole. She, she didn't, she won't do pole because she's Mm -hmm. just like, it's too complicated for her. But she took, um, I was teaching ring thing Mm -hmm. um, at the time. And I was like, you can come to this like gymnastics rings class. There's a waist belt, pulley system, harness takes 50% of your body weight, just come. And one of my students um, was another woman who's probably around the same age as my mom who would come all the time. And it was great because they partnered, and she was just like, "Your daughter is the most amazing person," and like, it was kind of great. And then like, if she's doing it, then my mom has to do it. So mm-hmm. um, we did like pull ups and inversion stuff on on a ring thing, which was really fun. And um, I have uh, on a site called Skillwell, uh, or Go Skillwell, I think is what the website actually is. Um, uh, two tutorial like warm up videos. Mm-hmm. and I made one and my mom purchased it because I told her she had to and she did it. And she was like, it's a little too hard for me. And it goes too fast. Can you make me another one? So I made a second one called modifications for mom. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit slower. It does a lot of the same stuff. It's really just like a mobility warmup. Mm-hmm. Um, and she still does it. And like, really? she asked, she'll, Oh yeah. She'll like ask me questions about stuff. And she asked me the other day if I could give her some more abs and glute work. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, So I think I actually, I might try calling her later tonight or tomorrow, Um, but she, she tries to stay active and mobile. And she actually, um, I, in the program was doing like a toe squat to leaning back, putting your knees down gently, coming back to the toe squat, coming to a primal squat. Mm -hmm. And I'm having her do it with like her hands on blocks and this and that. And she thanked me after this canoe trip that she went on, Mm -hmm. uh, because they had to get their gear spread out every day. And she was on her toes doing the toe squat, kind of leaning forward on her knees. And it helped. And yeah. so she actually was like, "I'm really glad that you made me do this." And I'm like, "You're welcome."
0: It's it also like it like it's, it it inspires your creativity when your mom is kind of like, "Oh, you know, could you do it a little? Could you give me something that was a little more fitting for for where I'm at?" Yeah, I had that experience. Like, so we just created this movement Brooklyn Online thing, um, and it's like a like a community and content situation. But my mom also signed up. Nice. And she has become more active like amid like coronavirus being like oh like i want to make sure i'm a person who's like healthier and, and more prepared for like what could be coming our way and, and and whatnot and so she started biking a lot and playing pickleball do you know what pickleball is oh it's kind of like tennis but like with like a smaller plastic racket and like a different kind of ball like um Almost like a wiffle ball type ball. Maybe that, I don't know, I'm going to butcher it. Someone who's like really into pickleball is going to write yeah, me and I, be like, you don't know what, what how serious this is. Um, but she got into pickleball and she realized that like her knees are really bothering her. And yeah. I think a lot of it is just like having not been quite as active and then suddenly being super active. And it's just like, oh, I'm dealing with some knee things. So every week I've been making like a little video for this movement, Brooklyn Online, just being like, hey, here's some just like little tips, little games you can play. And I was like, oh, well, my mom is dealing with some knee issues and she's somebody who like, I think would probably struggle with some squat stuff. So let's not even go there. Let's try just like balancing on one leg and drawing some shapes and patterns with the foot that's off the ground and seeing where we can go and being like, hey, this was inspired by something that my mom is dealing with, but I think it's something for everybody. Oh, for sure. Here's a place to start. Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, I think because we end up working with like a lot of not the same type of person, but people who their, their range kind of lies within the same place yeah. So to like be asked to be like, Oh, think a little bit further past that by people is, yeah. is a nice place to go.
3: Yeah. I definitely don't usually get um, what I like to call general population. Yeah. Um, I get people that are already uh, a little bit drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. Of whatever form of movement it is, be it handstands, be it pole, be it flexibility. Those are like the three main things that I'm teaching right now. Mm-hmm. Um and so usually I don't get like straight up, straight up beginners. Right. It's people that are already kind of dabbling in it. Uh and so there are definitely some people that are more beginner, but they're not general population. I've never done anything beginner. Right. So it's always more fun with like, oh, okay, my mom wants to come in. How can I? I think she took half of my flex class recently because I'm mm-hmm. teaching on Zoom. And so I was like, yeah, just come to the warm-up. I'm like it's kind of like the thing that i made you just come to the warm up and she came to the warm up and then she like wandered around her house and did stuff and came back and asked questions at the end of class
0: that is so cool that is so fun my my wife's mom verna when we were so we were during like the lockdown period i did like these movement brooklyn live like free classes like i'm just like giving this away and she did every single one like she did the warm-up kind of thing and then she'd pick like a game or some other piece of the lesson that she would also do. Um, but every single one. And in the beginning, you know, she was somebody who went to like aerobics classes regularly, Mm -hmm. like ritually. So what we were doing was super outside of the box. Um, and in the beginning, she, I remember her sitting down at, at a lot of dinners and she'd be like, this thing that you're doing is very cerebral. Okay. And And then like maybe two weeks in, she was like, it's very cerebral and I think I like it. (laughs) And then further on down the road, she was like invested. She'd wear her like movement Brooklyn shirt to come down and like do the class. Um, But again, it was like being like, okay, well, I know that someone like Verna who's in her seventies is like gonna be doing this, right? So how do I like develop the language for someone from the range of like a Sam star all the way to Verna?
3: Yeah, like how do I, we how do we I'm play there? I love to have it. that to have that range and be like, here are the variation options. Like, what can you do now, and what can you do later?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking before we did this. By the way, I saw Marlo today. Oh, cool. Yeah, we like met up and, and played around in the park. Um, nice. And I was thinking, um, we actually saw each other here in Boulder a few years back, but it's not where we met. And I realized that we have actually crossed paths quite a bit.
3: A number of times, I believe, yeah.
0: Yeah, like we were at um, a handstand workshop together. We were also at um, uh, like a Movement X workshop yep. together. Yep.
3: I think that was the first one.
0: Yeah, I couldn't, then... I, I didn't, sorry, I didn't know which one was Miguel? the first one, but it was, but yeah, the one with Miguel, they were c- close to each other
1: around yeah, okay. the same time. Yeah.
0: Um, And then other times throughout there, like the Boulder situation, I came out here to teach For Matt when he had his first kid and you happened to be here for a pole competition and came to class and we like hung out a little bit then and then even during the lockdown I was taking one of Tom Wexler's online classes and I get a message from you in the chat box like oh yeah good to see you here yeah Um,
3: yeah different movement things cross paths and like to me that's one of the most interesting things like if you get stuck in your own track, sometimes it's really hard. So it's nice to like explore different options and then see people that are also doing that.
0: Yeah. I think that I really respect that. Like, so I'm, I'm like that. I like to kind of like move around and like see a lot of different things rather than being stuck in one place. And I feel what you're talking about where it's like when someone's face or name pops up in there and I'm like, Oh, Oh good. I like that. They're like exploring. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, and I got to come take a class uh, with Emily. Yeah, before, before the the COVID times happened.
0: Right, I moved in Brooklyn. I feel like that was probably like right before, two, like two weeks before. I think we were even probably talking about it at that
1: yeah. time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so I'm curious because like you have some serious strengths. There's some things that you really kick ass at. I'm curious how those things came to be. And then I have questions about like your willingness to like get into the other uncomfortable positions while having some crazy strengths. So, so, so tell me, did you like, was this childhood stuff or did you start to do it more as like an adult?
3: Uh, both. So mm-hmm. I did gymnastics when I was a kid. Um, and also like growing up hiking and rock climbing and bouldering and snowboarding and just kind of being active. But The initial, I guess, strength phase is like from when I'm, I don't know, young enough to when I was about 11, I did gymnastics um, pretty seriously, but then it was either like, you're going to get real serious about this or you can do childhood things. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like eh, veered off to childhood things. Um, Fast forward to adult and like, I hadn't really, I didn't do a lot for a really long time, but I still had a lot of the strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been pole dancing. Um, I started pole dancing in 2001.
0: Oh, wow. So a while back.
3: 2001. Yeah. 2001. So yeah, I've, did, been, I've been pole dancing for almost two decades.
0: How did, how did you discover pole? Uh,
3: so, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm traveling overseas after high school mm-hmm. and I'm popping around. I, I initially went to Israel to live out my socialistic ideals.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the program that I was on ended up not being what I exactly wanted, but I ended up meeting this big blonde Swedish guy,
1: mm-hmm.
3: ran off to Sweden with him, and then we ended up moving to Edinburgh, to Scotland. And um, I wanted to stay. Like, I just thought it was cool and I needed a job. And I worked in a, like, a crappy cafe, kind of under the table sort of a scenario. <laughs> um, and ended up uh, meeting this guy that was a bouncer at a club and was like, like, he's like, can you dance? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) He was like, well, here's this club, go and audition. And I went and auditioned at this strip club and they gave me a job and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. But because I had done gymnastics in general, like monkeying on bars and rock climbing to me, this apparatus was not that crazy. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like, let me throw myself around and go upside down and all of this like weird shit. And I'd like see somebody do something and I'd pick it up immediately. Uh And so like, to me, it was like, I was like, oh, this is my apparatus now. Like this is fun. Uh Um, And then I ended up moving to Boston uh, in 2002. Um, And I continued, I found a job there um, working at another club and that was kind of my movement. Mm-hmm. for years was just kind of like and maybe not the best way of saying this sorry um mm-hmm. drunk pulling yeah um, because that's mm-hmm. what i did yeah um and in that time it's a weird it's a weird thing to think about but like we do three song sets and you'd work a couple nights a week and i basically made routines
1: mm-hmm.
3: um that i would do and that built strength
2: mm-hmm.
3: and like one time i like threw out my shoulder so then i'd have to try my other side to like keep doing stuff. And I was never, um, I, I was always like the acrobatic pole person to some degree, mm-hmm. kind of like badass, like fuck you motherfucker. What? Uh-huh. Um, and, like, <laughs> no shit from anybody, but like, it gave me this opportunity. There was a, it was an 18 foot pole uh-huh. and I could do whatever I wanted.
0: So and, 18 feet in the pole world, like that's
3: that's hot. a pretty tall pole. Okay. Yeah. That's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty good. I feel like a lot of I mean, studios nowadays, probably like depending on the space is between eight and like maybe 13, 14 feet. Gotcha. Um, But I basically, and this is like a weird thing to say, but like, I'm pretty much Mm -hmm. self-taught. Most of the people that are doing pole nowadays have had YouTube or Instagram or lessons and like somebody teaching them, like, here's what you do and where you put your hand. Um, For me, it was like, I had one girl show me like one or two things and then I just like did shit. Mm. Um, so it really was like, I was a natural on the pole. Yeah, <laughs> That was basically my exercise and my fitness for like a 10 year chunk of time.
0: And this, and this was like before pole was a yeah, thing outside like, of strip clubs. This
3: was, this was, there was, as far as I knew it was, there wasn't pole fitness at this point. There was right. one or two people that like might teach lessons out of their basement kind of scenario, but it wasn't like the mainstream that it is now. Mm-hmm. So there was no YouTube videos there. Were, there Instagram didn't exist. Right. Um, and not that many people did pull, like mm-hmm. actually did pull. And for me, it was like, it was gymnastic sideways and add in rock climbing. Right. And I was like, I can do this. This is fun. And so I just kind of like taught myself how to do things and threw myself around. And then like at a certain point, um, I wanna say in like 2010 probably, or like 2009 is maybe when like pole fitness started developing or like mm-hmm. that's the first kind of like, oh, there, there are things I would maybe even, I think I was a little bit late to this, like hear about it, mm-hmm. um, but maybe like 2010 or mm-hmm. 2011, um, I took actually a workshop with Marlo. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: um, who's, also an, who's also another person who is like kind of on the ground floor. Yeah, like she's been pole. doing
3: she's been doing pole for a long time, coming from a dance background. Right. So, like, I had gymnastics background; she had dance background. Um, I don't know how uh, like her path getting into it was, but she was doing. There was a competition that happened. I don't think she was in the competition, but she was teaching a workshop. Mm-hmm. And I had never really. Um, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. In <laughs> in mm-hmm. 2011, mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine who worked at the club was working at a pole fitness studio and had to get surgery on something. I can't remember what. And she begged me to teach. Mm-hmm. And I told her, no, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Right. And I eventually, I basically got hired over the phone based on what I could skill wise. Do on a pole pull,
1: mm-hmm. um,
3: at this place, Boston pole fitness. And I started teaching basically before I ever took a class. Like I sat in through like one or two, just kind of see what it was. And then they were like, here, teach. And I was like, ah, mm-hmm. I was so stressed out the first week, but as I started teaching, I realized that I was really intuitive with it, and I could see somebody doing something and figure out what they couldn't do, right. why the skill wasn't working. I could tell them to do this in this exercise, and then they could do the
0: skill. And well, you realized, and you and you and you must have just had so many reps under your belt yeah. at that point, because it's like you weren't just bobbing in and out and being like taking a class here and there, like when yeah, there was, a was you were like. No, no, no. This is what I do every night, or whatever, five nights, whatever the number yeah, was.
3: Like three or four, maybe. Three or four,
0: but that's like it's. It, but it's a lot. It's like that's you're well, you had serious ways.
3: of let's say eight years at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. I had like a lot of strength and a lot of skill from that. Um, and I had, I started teaching and realized that I was good at it, mm-hmm. and that I could see things that other people couldn't see, and I could help explain how to get there and build people into like, oh, here's this skill. And the first major workshop that I took was with Marlo.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I remember asking her a question about something and like, she couldn't answer it the way that I wanted to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ah, but mm-hmm. like realizing later and like I, I've taken a number of classes with her after about like how how her like stream of thought is towards it versus the way that I do it. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool because Paul has so many different elements. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different styles and so many different ways of doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, when I talk to like Emily about it and when I talk to Marlo about it, I'm like, I find Poll really cool because it's almost like punk rock. Yeah. It's almost like people who are like, I wanna like challenge the status quo oh. and take whatever it is that I'm into. And and I wanna be able to, I wanna like do my thing.
2: Yeah.
1: And here's
0: a place where like, that's totally welcomed. Whereas in some places it's almost like, here's the box, stay in the box where yeah. pole is like, do More
3: it. Or out of the box. Yeah. We've opened the box, we've jumped through it and now out of it. And then yeah. you can put the box back in if you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing that was cool and like how everybody has different styles. So because I had done gymnastics, I like tricks mm-hmm. and I did bigger dynamic movement versus marlo is very like slinky and flow and Mm -hmm. she's so flexible and bendy that she uses that to manipulate her body around the pole um Mm -hmm. emily also uh comes from a dance background but different dance and then has explored different avenues of dance Mm -hmm. um and like from there when i started uh teaching i was introduced to this whole basically world of like pole fitness pole sport kind of like oh there's classes and conventions and competitions and i i was like oh there's competitions i'm in i'm like Mm -hmm. i could do this shit like what Mm -hmm. um and because i i don't identify as a dance like i know that sounds weird but like i don't identify as a dancer and i feel like very like stuck in my movement Mm -hmm. um i was like okay in order to do a competition you have to go one pole is spin pole one pole is static pole and you go between the two. And the idea of the competition is to show your skills on both spin pole, static pole, and your movement between the poles. Hmm. And uh, I, most people like kind of dance their way between the poles. And I'm like, I don't dance. What do I do? And I'm like, I'm going to yoga and handstand the shit out of this. <laughs> and I had been, this is like in 2012. Um, I had been doing some yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, I had found a, uh, one teacher that I really liked that was like really into handstands and Mm -hmm. I was like, this is my teacher. I'm going to do this stuff. So I had a real like weird gymnastics handstand, like wide and like arched. It was a hot mess. And so when I first started competing, I realized that like this is something that I wanted to do. And that's kind of when I started getting into handstands Mm. Um, and it kind of was an avenue. I was like, Oh, okay. I have this base of being able to kind of do them from when I was a kid. And then now I can use this and really work on them and put it into this creative um, competition forum. That is a place that I can, I can showcase this skill.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, were you teaching full-time or was that your full-time gig or, or so
3: in 2012, um, I was kind of real over the club scene. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, when I actually, when I started teaching, um, I stopped drinking.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, And that was like a big paradigm shift for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I had kind of been weaning myself away from it for a while because the scene had just gotten really boring and stale. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Um, And when I started teaching, I was like, well, I can't be hungover. I've got to be upside down all the time. and like on point. And so like, it was like a very clear um, place for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second competition I did had like a waiver that they wanted you to sign saying that you weren't involved in the adult industry. Cause at the, at that point pole was very much like, this is either pole fitness or you're doing sexy pole. Like it was like, there's always been kind of like a war between different styles of pole, which is like really unfortunate, but it is. And I was like, okay, this is my out kind of like, oh, well, I guess I can't, I can't be at the club anymore. I'm going to do pole. This is my job. I'm I'm trans I'm translating this into like the next phase of life for myself. How
0: how um, hard how hard was that transition? Um. In in terms of like lifestyle and 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 even financial, I guess I'm curious. Well, that...
3: the finance is the biggest one. Yeah. Um, lifestyle had kind of started changing when I stopped drinking because mm-hmm. so much of my life throughout my twenties had been about bars, restaurants, and clubs. Yeah. Uh, because I worked at a club, I knew all the bouncers and all the other clubs and bartenders and like never waited in a line and never paid for anything. Yeah. And so like, I had a real good run uh, <laughs> in Boston. Like, it was, it was, it was nice. I had a, I had a, I had a good time, but then it, it just got boring and old. Mm-hmm. So the lifestyle for me changed more when I started teaching because I went to just like, I'm doing a lot of yoga and pole and that's it. Like that is what I'm focusing on now, this like fitness element um, and and trying to kind of do that. The, the financial end of it is the part that was rough sauce. Mm-hmm. Because if you go for 10 years having an indisposable income where like, if you want something, someone will buy it for you or you get money and then you buy it for yourself without having to think about it. Like if mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want a new TV, I'd work for a week and then I'd buy myself a new TV. Like, I'll, I'll, yeah, so like that was the biggest shock. Mm -hmm. was kind of going from like having unlimited funds to teaching.
2: (laughs) Right, right.
3: Uh, Right. Anybody wants to make money, don't become a teacher.
2: Right.
3: You do (laughs) love it, right? right? So for me, it was like, I want to change my lifestyle. I want to see other people get stuff, like the excitement of it. And as I was teaching, I was also finding more things about myself to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I budgeted well, mm-hmm. kept on focus yeah, um, and I didn't leave myself. Like I wasn't in debt. Like I had a little bit of money saved up. So like, it was fine. And like, just understanding the transition and at the time too, I had a really sweet deal with my living situation mm-hmm. and wasn't paying very much for rent. Yeah. So it was, it was nice. Um, so, that,
0: so then, so when, so when you started competing, like, uh, was that kind of a big breaking point? professionally in your teaching career? Because I know, again, kind of after talking to Marlo, it was like winning a competition, especially in those earlier days, it really was kind of like a big jumping off point teaching wise for people wanting to come and do work with you.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. So Mm -hmm. I, I started at Boston Pole Fitness and I got into the competition scene. The first comp that I did, I placed third. And X poll, which is one of the poll companies, um, one of the guys who worked for them came up to me and was like, you're awesome, make a bigger name for yourself and we'll pick you up. Basically, and I was like, okay, what? Like, (laughs) I don't know what's happening, sure, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And from doing a couple competitions, I started meeting more people that were like, seriously in the competition scene, I guess. And yeah, at that point, if you wanted to be a bigger name and poll, it was through a competition. Nowadays, it's so many different ways. Like people run blogs or, or Instagram famous or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, competitions aren't as important.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know
3: plenty of people that win competitions that like not everybody knows about. So it's definitely in the, I feel like I hit it like midstream. Cause like Marla was like first, first round I'm like second round maybe of like the competition scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and that, for me, when I, so I want to say 2013, I competed in the Pole Expo um, competition, which was called the Pole Classic. And that was one of the biggest ones around at the time. Um, and I, I won it. And Expo came up to me and was like, we'll pick you up as like a sponsor. And Bad Kitty uh, was another uh, pole clothing company. Also, because I had won this and like, I, my name was big enough now that they were like, hey, we want to pick you up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that also helped propel kind of, I guess my name being more accessible to people.
0: When you say Um, pick you up, does that mean like that they're like sponsor?
3: Yeah. As a sponsored athlete. Okay. Um, and so they would, depending on what the things were, like some of it would be like, uh, because I was a bad kitty, uh, like athlete, I did a a pole camp because of that. Like they were like, we're going to pick people that are bad kitty athletes to take, teach at this camp. Mm -hmm. Um, Expo, kind of the same thing, like because my name was attached to them and they were hosting a competition or hosting a thing, like I would be asked to be a judge. Um, So I do think that that helped. Now it's not as prevalent, but it was five, six years ago. Right. Um, And for me, I think that really helped. And also as weird as it is, like having a ton of star tattoos and being a little bit weird, definitely helps like hey. remember you. They know what you look like. They can tell mm-hmm. you from a distance. Or like, Oh, I've, I've seen that girl's take. Pic- okay. I know who that is kind of a thing. And so that right. definitely, it's like,
0: you stand out from the crowd.
3: Yeah. And it mm-hmm. tattoos I didn't do on purpose for that, but it definitely uh, has come in handy since.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Memorable. Yeah. Not just, not just from the handstands.
3: Yeah. And so as I was uh, kind of making my name in the competition world, I was also uh, had started coming to New York mm-hmm. to train at Body and Pole, which mm-hmm. is where Marlo worked.
0: And and Body and Pole is kind of like the place in New York where it, or it was or it is. I, it was you know, like the
3: ex- place in the world. Okay. In those days, now there's a lot of bigger studios that exist that like other people know about. But then it was like mecca. Like okay. people would come from everywhere to go to Body and Pole. Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of big names at the time that work there Mm -hmm. in the industry um and so i started coming down for like a day overnight trip. i would crash on my friend's couch and be like i'm gonna take nine classes (laughs) and like it was it was epic Mm -hmm. and um every time i come i'd be like i want to i want to be i want to stay here hi (laughs) hi and uh i want to say in 2000 i think it was 2012 actually um yeah, the end of 2012, uh they expand Body and Pull expanded. And as they were expanding, uh, they went from three studios to five. Uh they needed more teachers. And at that point, they didn't have a lot of high-level instructors. And I had taken a training and a certification like at the studio and had come down so many times and just been like, hi, I like it here. I want to stay. What do you got? Um, they had a work study program that they had talked to me about, and I was like, I am too old to move to New York and not make money. Like, I just, I can't like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not set for this. Um, and, uh, I went back to Boston and I actually took a yoga teacher training, uh, partially because I love the teacher and partially cause I was like, I might need another skill if I move to New York and can't get a job. Like if I have like this yoga thing, whatever. And during this teacher training, body and pull expanded and asked me to teach for them. And I literally was like, I'll be there in a week. <laughs> it was, I think, I think it was like three weeks. I was like, I'm there. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. And I've been, I've been teaching at body and pole since.
0: Wow. So at the time because now, now I'm, I'm, I'm interested because when I've crossed paths with you, uh, it hasn't been in the poll setting. Yeah. Um, so at some point your, your interests kind of like evolved or continued to grow.
3: So I had a teacher, this yoga teacher whose name was Aaron Cantor.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. And he had a video of him doing 10 Staller presses in a row. And I was like, that's my dude. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need to like take yoga with this guy. And he, he always talks shit about yoga and it -hmm. was great. Like people would be so annoyed with him that are coming to this yoga class. And he's like, just do the movement stuff. And like, he, um, had, Before Ido had started building his like thing, uh, Aaron had trained and worked with him. Mm -hmm. And so Aaron told me about, oh, this guy Ido Portal, he's starting to get big, look into it kind of a thing. And that was how I kind of got into like whatever movement culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he had kind of expressed this like, yeah, this guy is kind of doing fun stuff. And Aaron did a lot of the similar things, but didn't brand it the way that Ido had. Um, and so Aaron was very much about, uh, primal practice was his like thing. Um, and we'd monkey around Mm -hmm. and do weird movement and play weird games and stuff like this. And so that had kind of gotten me interested in other types of movement. Um, and I think that like had hearing the name and like researched and was like, oh, this, you know portal thing is happening in new york i should go to this and like see what it is mm-hmm. and so that's like one of the ways i got into it and then also um brendan weaver yeah uh was working i met him uh and he's very charismatic and i was like i want to do stuff with this kid mm-hmm. and uh he was working at epic at the time and it right. was a like i don't even know what the like obstacle course training kind of style, like high intensity. Space.
0: Yeah. It was like, it was, it was like an outside of the box. I never went, but you know, I've, yeah. I've, Brendan and I have had a lot of conversations. Um It's, it's, it sounds like it was like an outside of the box gym that wasn't like a CrossFit gym, but like um, a place that had a lot of weird yeah things you wouldn't find in a normal globo gym. Yeah. Play,
3: there was a salmon ladder. They had like a monkey bar that was like chains that like, it was, it was interesting. It was fun. And he was teaching there at the time. And so I was like, whatever i'll go take these like high intensity circuit classes which is like all the terrible conditioning stuff that i didn't want to do on my own mm-hmm. um which also helped make me stronger and like, get me into some weird movement things so that's kind of like monkey bars are coming into play like going to the bars and doing pull-ups and like figuring out like i could do kips but i couldn't do muscle-ups mm-hmm. so, like stuff like this and like kind of starting to play around and at the same time um, I started going to, this is probably like 2015, maybe 2014. Uh, I started going to Solace, mm-hmm. uh, cause Mike was over there and I'd met him in the park and he was like, yeah, come trade at this place with me. And, um, actually Mike's out in, uh, uh, Colorado as well in Denver. Yeah.
0: I, I, I don't think that we've met actually.
3: Okay. I don't know if he's still doing yeah like the, as much weird movement stuff, but we used to do, uh him and this other kid and like two, maybe two other kids, we do like strength days mm-hmm. where I think movement X is where I learned how to do a muscle up on the rings. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I could already pretty much do it, but it was like, Oh, here's the skill. Okay. Gotcha. And then, um, we would do these like crazy, I don't re- I can't remember what year this actually was, but something along that, but we do these crazy workouts where we do like a 50 muscle up buy-in
0: Oh my gosh!
3: And then it would take us like two hours. Oh my like, that gosh! Was like the whole day we'd just do like <laughs> sets of fives, um, or like they'd probably do. The boys would do more than me. But I'd do like sets of fives, and then uh, we would do like weird handstand things between boxes. We would like come up with these like ridiculous videos. Um, this chick Sylvie, do you know Sylvie Kirchie? I,
0: i We've never met in person, but at one point I think she sent me a message, maybe because. I don't know, maybe someone was like, oh, you should reach out to Kyle. Maybe I'd gone over to Solus at one point. And she's like, oh, I do these things with this group of people. You should come and join us sometime. But it never came to fruition, but we've never met, no.
3: Okay, so she was friends with Mike. I met her, again, in Central Park. We used to do like hangouts there. She was into acro, which Mm -hmm. I was not interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she did handstands. Mm -hmm. And so we would come up with these like ridiculous videos to like do stuff for Instagram. But like, it was like a workout, but it was still like us playing around doing stuff. And so that was at Solace and it was really fun. And like, it was strength building and then play time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to do whatever I wanted there because right. I just went to open gym. I didn't take a class. I just come in, do my weird shit and leave. And it was mostly like Jefferson curls, handstands and like toast to bar
0: mm-hmm. and like
3: rotation stuff, like skin to cat rotation things.
0: Yeah. So when did you, cause like I said, I mean, I saw you now, like in that workshop with Tom on 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 Zoom, and people who listen to this have maybe listened to like the talk I did with Tom Wexler. And if you don't know who Tom is, definitely look into like the stuff that he's doing. But everything that you're describing um, is not not what he does. But like it was definitely like it's definitely a leap in a in in some other directions. So at, in what what drew you into this i the ideas of being like oh well. I need to go even further outside the box or I need to go into the dance world or I need to start, I want to start playing with, you know, creative expression and and, and these types of things.
3: So I like floor work, right? Mm-hmm. Rolling around on the floor. Um, again, it's something that incorporates in the pole, getting between poles and things like this. There's shoulder rolls and shoulder stands and like movements. And because I don't identify as like mm-hmm. a contemporary like dancer or anything, I was like, <laughs> I would like Thanks. to expand my horizons and like move more fluidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom, I can't even remember. I've, I've gone to a number of Tom's workshops. It might've been Marlo, honestly, that like brought his name to my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I had heard his name and then also Marlo was doing something and mentioned it. Don't, I don't, I can't remember exactly the lineage of it, but um i ended up going to like one of his workshops I, I don't even remember i think there was one in new york that i went to and then i went to one in san francisco and then i went to one in france
2: because
3: mm-hmm. i like happened to be traveling and i was like oh i'll coordinate it with this weekend yeah and, um i like some of tom's movements mm-hmm. um the partnering stuff i'm not as interested in again i like stable apparatus that don't talk back to me
2: not- <laughs> Yeah. um
3: as much so uh I love his warm-up mm-hmm. and a lot of like the rolling movement across the floor and stuff like this. And also um Marlowe's floor flow. Mm-hmm. Um same idea, like this kind of contemporary dance floor work stuff.
0: Right. And, and, you, and you and you felt like these are the types of things that are like they're like little like weaknesses that you've you've had in in terms of like where you normally are used to going. Yeah. Uh,
3: some of it's just like the letting yourself go because a lot of my movement is very rigid mm-hmm. and very controlled, and so mm-hmm. there's like the fluidity and the movement of of relaxing,
0: right? Like there's like a softness.
3: That's the softness too. I have a harder time with, so yeah. it's definitely something that I feel like because I have a harder time with it, it is something I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, good for page. you.
0: Good. Good for you too, by the way, because I do think that there are people and you'd probably know them as you've seen them as students and stuff where it's like, they really want to stay in their like happy, competent world, yeah. especially when they're like strong at certain things. So the idea of being like, Oh, like I can actually kick ass at some stuff. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go and, and lean into the things that like, I, I don't have quite so much strength in. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's I think a, it's important. It's super important. It's, it, it's probably the most important you know so I, I admire it that's why i was excited when i saw you in the tom thing cuz i was like oh this is awesome
3: yeah cuz i had taken a couple of his work if i hadn't taken his workshops in person i don't know if i would have done the online one mm-hmm. um but i'm i'm glad i did it was super fun and also part of the reason i like taking these like 3-day workshops is i can not teach for 3 days and be the student for 3 days and mm-hmm. like dedicate a specific time cuz sometimes i get caught up in it and you I'm just giving my energy to teaching and I don't have time to train myself or do other things by myself. So I find like intensives are my favorite way to do things like do a three-day thing, do a seven-day thing, Mm. um, kind of jump in and not have to do whatever else your like, quote unquote, normal life is, um, and just focus on whatever the thing is at, at hand. And so like, uh, floor work rolling around on the floor stuff. I just, I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and so getting more fluid with it, it's a time to give like space to that opportunity to kind of learn and move around with it.
0: What are some like, um, observations either big or small or like personal or, or, or to even to like the, the larger public, some observations you've made about like, about softness, about fluidity, about like, um, some of these qualities that I think, I just think actually like naturally like in our society is not the place that people lean into the most right you know i think we're we're, we're kind of like a, a rigid society oftentimes and you see and we see it as teachers like people walk in and they're just kind of like stiff like mummies a little bit um but i think that they go together you know what i mean there's like this real nice balance of being like hard and soft full and empty whatever the ter- however we describe yeah. it. but i'm curious especially coming from a place where like you are able to literally capitalize on on certain amounts of rigidity or hardness yep. or whatever it is. What, what are some observations now that you've, you've gotten deeper into some of the other balancing qualities of that?
3: God, that I suck at it. <laughs> um, it's, it's, un, it's awkward to me. Mm. Like even when I might be doing something that like appears to look good, I mm-hmm. feel super uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, this is working question mark kind of a thing (laughs) and like um it's something that because i only do it in these like kind of random one-off moments it's not something that i practice on a regular basis um it's not as fluid or smooth as i would like it to be Mm -hmm. uh however because i dabble in too many things it's hard to dedicate time for each for everything Mm -hmm. so What, like being able to take like a three-day thing and kind of get into it by the end of that three days, you're like, oh, I kind of have a feeling and then you don't do it again for a while. Um, But that kind of ties into everything. Like if you only dabble, you won't necessarily find many gains. Like you don't see a huge change a lot of the time. It's something that you have to start adapting into your regular life and movement and uh, continue to explore it as much mm-hmm. as possible. If you really wanna see something change,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, you can adapt small parts of it. So uh, Tom Wexler is also um, from a lineage of movement people and then also shadow yoga.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and Aaron Cantor was also had, from the lineage of shadow yoga. Uh, Sean um, is also a shadow warrior right from, from,
0: from warrior bridge
3: yeah yeah mm-hmm. so, shadow yoga was like this underground like yoga from what i can understand that like was a very small group of guys that did their programming kind of a thing and all of the people that i've really gravitated towards or not all of them but a lot of the the people that i've gravitated towards as far as movement goes uh have kind of come from this kind of background like Sean, like Tom, uh, Aaron, and I think it's really fascinating that this style of yoga is something that connects these people. And it's interesting to see what they took from it Mm -hmm. and how they used small parts. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something else that I feel like I've learned and why I like to take a lot of workshops and trainings or whatever um, is to to take parts that I like Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and adapt them into what I'm doing, what I'm teaching.
0: Right. I think sometimes people think that they have to like show up at a workshop or something. Maybe I'm making this up, but I get the impression that it's almost like they almost feel like it's all or nothing as opposed to like, no, no, no. Like this is, you can go there and, and, and take what works for you right now, put some stuff in your back pocket for later. Some stuff you may think like, Oh, this isn't for me at all. But then all of a sudden it arrives. Yeah. Two years down the road. Um, I think sometimes people think they have to show up and take the entire package, walk away with it and do that whole thing.
3: Yeah. I, I like taking, I, I say certifications, but I've never like really quote unquote completed a lot of the certifications. Like I never do the homework or whatever you need to like get the, the hours. Mm-hmm. I do it for the information and for mm-hmm. the experience. Um, and to, I guess, kind of enjoy the sensation of like whatever it is that I'm doing for that period of time. Mm-hmm. So I've taken like a number of yoga teacher trainings Um, and usually it's because I want to study more with the teachers or just take a seven day or a 14 day chunk of time and just dedicate to that for that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, taking a bunch of Tom Wexler's ones, taking different teachers here and there. Uh, my mind might not be blown by a class that I take, but I'm always going to learn something. I'm Mm -hmm. always going to take away something from it. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's what makes it fun. Like- right, because
0: some people show up at these things, um, I assume, and it's like, especially when they have a certification attached to it. Yeah. And it's almost like it's for the certification, as opposed to like, no, it's about it's about learning things that you can take and and play with and and apply some time to, so that like maybe the certification means something, but I actually appreciate more the places where it's like there is no certification. Yeah. This is just I- a place to show up and learn.
3: Yeah. I like to some degree more to just show up and learn. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that like won't put you through that and they like quote the certification or put the certification on it. But like most of the people that take these things are not in my mind qualified for whatever that is. Right. Um, it, it takes more than just one weekend of learning something to be able to completely digest it and then give it back to people.
0: Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my, my, my criticism of it. It's like, you know, you go into a weekend workshop and whatever, and then you're given a certification. They're like, Oh, see, I have the certification. I am certified in this thing. And I'm like, well, there are people who have been doing versions of that thing for multiple years. Don't yeah. have the certification. I'm like, who do you want to go learn from?
3: Yeah. I want, I just want to learn from a lot of different people who I think are good at what they do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so what is, so what does your practice look like now? Like what, how do you, how do you play, especially, I guess, I guess part of it is a question about kind of practicing by yourself amid like coronavirus. And then I'm also curious, like with, a, with all the experiences and places you've gone and things that you've played with, like, what is kind of the balance between like, oh, like I've got some competence here, but I want to grow some things. And what is it like, oh, these are the new things
3: some of it depends on circumstance. Um, right now it's definitely been harder and I've had a lot of just try to keep moving feelings, um, Mm -hmm. during the COVID times. Um, over the summer it was nice because I could like on occasion go meet people for handstands in the park or go to like outdoor pull-up bars and play around a little bit. Um, but mostly I was trying to take like just keep moving. So I'm teaching a bunch of classes on Zoom myself. And then I'm trying to take a couple of classes here and there. Um, I just took another like contemporary floor work class that was really fun
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: rolling around. Uh, I teach at Warrior Bridge so I can take classes at Warrior Bridge. And I like a lot of Sean's classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to his podcast with you recently and he shouted me out. I was so excited. Oh yeah, he um, did. But yeah, it's it's cool to find people that like to move in similar ways that you do, that it feels good. So like, I know that if I go to Sean's mobility class, I'm going to feel good. And I like the movement that's happening. And no, maybe my mind isn't going to be blown by anything that's happening, but I can keep moving my body and it feels good. And right now that is really important. I think to not get stuck on the couch, to not, you know what I mean? Like to, to have some interaction via over zoom or whatever. Um, but to just kind of keep moving my body. Um, And handstands for the last couple of years have been more interesting to me than a lot of other things. How Um, so? Because you can do them anywhere. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And so that uh, the last, I would say maybe five or six years, I've been traveling a lot. And this is the longest I've been grounded (laughs) in a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because I used to travel once a month, like somewhere somewhere right? For like a weekend or like I go for three weeks somewhere and come back for two weeks and like this and that. And so, um, my practice has always kind of been like, where can I go where I'm traveling and kind of mess around with people, um, and jump into other people's workouts. And that's something that like, for me has always been something really important is kind of being able to dabble in a little bit of everything. Um, mostly strength style things like gymnastics, uh, body weight body pole or handstands has Mm -hmm. like been been the big format and like finding people that want a monkey and Mm -hmm. Instagram has been great for that I've met a lot of people over the internet that was like oh you do handstands hey I'm in your country let's do handstands together um and that's been really really cool so handstands have been I feel like the gateway to connect with a lot of people um it's something I can do while I'm traveling in any place I don't need apparatus for it you don't need a lot of space Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been playing a little bit more than training lately, and I am trying to flip that back around. And in the last week, um, I did a one-on-one session with, uh, Yuval, Yuval, uh, Elan, who is one of my handstand teachers.
0: Uh-huh. Um, I had him on here.
3: Yeah. I also listened to that one. Oh
0: man. He is such an interesting, He's amazing. interesting dude. Yeah. I'm, I was I don't know. I was really blown away getting a chat with him. Super cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's
3: awesome. So he, if I had a handstand teacher, he would be my teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, I've taken a number of workshops with him. I've gone to, he has an invite uh, summer camp for five days. Um, The last two years I did that and they canceled it this year, which was really sad. Um, Where you just go and train handstands for six, seven hours a day for five days straight. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Um, And that's been really fun. And then, uh, so I, I had a lesson with him and we kind of like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do, but like, haven't been doing it. And I need somebody to be like, do it. And so it was nice to kind of go over and like, uh, his big, write it down. Right. So like writing down what I'm actually doing in each session, um, instead of just playing and like kind of having a little bit more of a focus. Um, when
0: when you say, write it down, like this is like before the session, you're writing down, like what you're going to do, or is it like, as you go along, you're like having some sort of, of accountability, like this is what happened. This is what I was thinking, or this what went well, this didn't go well.
3: Right now I'm writing down as I'm going, I mm-hmm. have an idea in my mind of like what I should be doing, but I'm not, I, I don't have the two hours necessarily. So I'm doing like little chunks, but I'm trying to basically get a routine back together because I give, like I said, so much of my energy to teaching
2: mm-hmm.
3: and I'm teaching six days a week. Um And it might be one class. It might be three classes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um And it emotionally is a little bit draining, and so then I come up with all these excuses of like, uh, like I can't do my own thing, and then like I'll take an easy class where I'm just doing movement, where maybe I'm not really pushing myself, but I'm doing something. Or uh, there's been a lot of like group Zoom handstand jams.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Sean, yeah, Sean invited me.
3: Yeah, why don't you come? We I've been so
0: I, I've been I've been so busy out here. He I think the two he showed he sent me, and he's so sweet. Like he like in Instagram, he like sends me like a little thing being like, Oh, here's the thing. And it always happens to be like when I'm teaching here, but I'm, I'm super interested because it seems like a good time. And I haven't got to do anything like that over zoom with people. Why
3: don't you figure out when you're free Mm -hmm. and we'll do it.
0: Yeah. We'll organize one.
3: We'll organize it. Cause basically it's usually just like, there's a handstand group on Instagram that we like chat to each other. Um, -hmm. like, Hey, I'm going to jump on zoom. Is anybody around? Yeah kind of a thing. Um, so like, that's been fun and like meeting people in the park to do stuff, but it was never like serious biz training. It's like, Oh, let's try this thing or I'll try that. And like, everybody kind of works on their own thing. Mm -hmm. So the last week or so I've been a little bit more, uh, diligent, um, about trying to find my own practice time. And I'm not doing two hours. I'm doing maybe like 30, 40 minutes because right now that's all I can deal with. And I want to build into something more. Um, and it's kind of like figuring out goals and it's, it's this whole fucking one arm, uh, situation where I still don't have it. And I should, because I've been fucking with it for years, but I've never been serious about it. Right. I'll always like play around with it. Um, I'm very much into leg dancing, Mm -hmm. um, and moving in different movements, um, in the air. But like the one arm is like, if you really want it, you have to do reps, you have to do sets and it has to be consistent. Right. And I've never really put the time and energy into it. Like I've always dicked around with it here and there, but I've never been like, this is happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um and so even within like the last week I've seen some gains from wow. like, okay, I'm doing fingertip holds, five sets, done, next set round, whatever it is, like taps and then like playing a little bit with it.
0: Were you and- were you were you were you is practicing this way like new for you in general? Like were you was there ever a time where you were like sets and reps? Because I, I get the impression that because of your gymnastics background and certain strengths that come natural to you, that like you could almost dabble in play and make things start to kind of build out of it. Even things like muscle up and stuff. Um, and now it's like, you've kind of gotten to like this place where you're like, Oh, now I have to actually like do this other type of thing.
3: Yeah. So I'm a, unless somebody's yelling at me to do it, I'm a little bit bad at doing it myself. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was doing stuff at Solace by myself, I would, like do it before I went to the the to work or something like that. So I'd come in, I'd do like a copper, like my warm-up, which is like dicking around with like a barbell, mm-hmm. like shoulder stuff, some toes to bar, a Jefferson curl, and a handstand. And then I do like another set of some sort of toes to bar thing, skin the cats, Jefferson mm-hmm. curl, handstand. Yeah. And like that was it's it was never like super serious training. It was kind of like a warm up for life.
2: Mm-hmm. of like,
3: I just want to keep these skills going and I'll I'll gain little bits here and there, but it's more just like, I need to get this stuff done. Let's just do it quick and leave. And then I get distracted easy. So if anybody was there playing around,
0: mm-hmm. I
3: would be like, okay, what are we doing? Right. And then I love Instagram because I will do the same thing 12 times in a row trying to get a good video. And then I trained,
1: right. which
3: maybe isn't the right way to train, but like, it made me do reps of things. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. That looked good, but I can do it better. That mm-hmm. looked good. Let me try it again. And then by the end of it, I had done like 30, 40 toes to bar or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so kind of doing it on my own is a little bit like, I just, I need to just get in the rhythm of doing it on my own. Yeah. Um, it's hard to find a one-arm class. Uh, Yuval is actually teaching one tomorrow, which I'm excited to take nice. um, on zoom. But most of the time when people get to the phase of one arm, you know the drills like i know what i should be doing
0: right it's all like now i like, just have to do them it's like fingertips taps right some flagging like the yeah yeah, yeah. The it's, whole it's show.
3: really just do reps and do for time so like can you hold 30 second fingertip without moving mm-hmm. okay great now go 45 you know what i mean like stuff like this and like building up strength and things like that and it's something that i i'm seeing a lot of people uh post quarantining um who used to suck, who are now really good because they had the time and put in the work. Mm -hmm. And it frustrates me that I haven't done it to some degree. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, mm." but then I'm like, well, that's all they're doing. And I'm doing like nine other things. So it's like, but it's an excuse. And it's something that like, now I'm like, okay, I really, I really need this one arm. And to me, I don't have a one arm until I can consistently do 10 seconds and return it. So like I can do hey, it. It can look cool, but like, I don't have a one arm yet.
0: I admire it so much because I started hand balancing, I guess, in like 2013. And it was like, you know, because I was doing online coaching too with, Edo for five years, it was like five days a week or something of like handstands That's and very like
1: serious.
0: all the things. And I mean, I've got my own like shoulder mobility issues that I was trying to like fight along the way and tackle along the way while doing the hand bouncing. So getting close to like one arm positions with, you know, some pretty like mediocre shoulder positions, you know, but it was, I remember someone saying that it's like, Hey, listen, if you can stand on one arm, it doesn't really matter how bad your shoulder mobility is. Like, if it's like, if you're there, we'll take the one arm.
3: I mean, if you look at B-boys, like they don't have correct alignment, but if you practice something enough, you can hold it. Yeah.
0: But I got to the point where I I think I stopped practicing my my handstand in probably in m- maybe May. I was just like, you know what? I'm at peace with where I'm at right now, and I'm my, I have a lot of other interests and things that I want to play with, and maybe I'll go back there someday. Um, but I just felt like doing the thing that you're deciding that you want to spend some time on now the way like that way of being like a movement monk on something yeah I was like um I don't feel like I've failed at anything because I've learned so much of going down this rabbit hole and I feel totally at peace with like where my where I've gotten to with it um but again it was because of doing the thing that you're starting now of being like oh man this has to be really organized, really like time set reps, notebooks. Like you're like, it's a, it's a, it's a tough place to be, but you are like one of those people who's so close to like the thing that you, that you're reaching for. Yeah. I feel
3: like it's funny because so many people like a lot of, well, the pole community knows me for handstands. Like Mm -hmm. I'm one of the handstand people that does like pole stuff. And so Mm -hmm. it's been interesting because I, I teach a lot of like beginner intermediate, uh, handstand stuff, but at a certain point, like, I'm like, okay, hey, go find these other teachers. And, um, partially it's because I, and this is gonna sound weird, but like, I feel like to teach advanced handstands, I need to have my one arm. Cause that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people want. And if you can't do it, how can you teach it and stuff like this? And it's like, you can, but in, in that world, in my mind, like I want to see somebody doing it. Yeah. And like, so, uh, in, in a weird way, partially it's like normal, again, general population sees my handstand. They're just like, Holy shit. That's amazing. Mm. And like people that are like, can do handstands are like, Oh, you have a good handstand. Like I can do a lot of stuff in my handstand movement wise and things like this, but hand balancers think I'm pathetic. <laughs> I would like to change that.
0: So, I, like d- so like, that,
3: no, I can do this.
0: So then do you have some interest then in being like, uh, like a performance hand balancer, or like a like a circus style hand balancer, or a, a touring hand. So that's so that's like an aspiration that you're I at mean, right now.
3: Now, yes and no. So I have done handstand acts. Mm-hmm. I have performed handstands before. Mm-hmm. Um, I can already do that with what I'm doing. Right. Do I want to do better? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost always put a handstand or two into every pole routine that I do. Mm-hmm. as well. And so like I've been able to perform them and I, I did a zoom performance
0: I saw it. No, like, I saw I I I saw your performance. The um
3: bar and pole or and sorry, and handstands.
0: Yeah. Oh, I um because Emily and her roommate were doing yeah, a performance and she process. and and she was like, "Oh, like, you know, if if you and Alex are available, like it'd be great if you tuned in and watched." We watched We watched like almost I think we watched almost the whole thing and and you were like kind of featured, I think, as maybe you were like the first or the beginning of like the first act or whatever. Yeah. And uh it was a pretty epic performance. It was like, especially
3: good video videography happening too. Yeah, the
0: cinematography was was on point. I think that <laughs> made it very special. You should post yeah. that video too, by the way.
3: It's uh, it's on whatever like the TV whatever thing I think on Instagram oh, okay. or well, whatever they, wherever you can post longer clips.
0: Well, it, people should watch it because it was also like a, very close to the beginning of the lockdown. Yeah. So it was uh you know was, people I, hadn't. I,
3: creative with my camera my cinematography and
0: yeah people were were not figuring hadn't yet figured out how creative they could get with like their zoom performances and things like that and it was uh yeah i'll say that you were like um uh like a real i don't know trailblazer yeah with that performance
3: it was fun i had um my boyfriend did did the camera movement for me Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we practiced it a number of times and it was like, wait, what be, ah, like trying to figure out how to like coordinate it properly. But yeah, it was fun. Cause like, I started in my pull-up bar,
2: mm-hmm.
1: walked down
3: the hallway, then did handstands. He stood on a, a, like a stool, like a bench basically to like get a nice top angle mm-hmm. and like move around. So it was, it was really fun to be able to like collaborate with him also like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to do this thing. Why don't you help me out?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: And then yeah to kind of make it more than just like my camera is here and you see it it was like a movement idea and it was fun to kind of play with that so i've already done i don't think i i necessarily like yes i need to get better in general but like i could at this point do performances in a handstand uh i would like to do better performances in a handstand Mm -hmm. um i don't see myself running off and joining a circus Mm -hmm. um that's not like no I mean some people that's like an aspiration they have uh I think it would be interesting to do a show and have a set act that you do regularly because to some degree as weird as it is like I miss that Mm -hmm. and like from the club days like I did these sets where like this this song like this is the thing that I do in the first song or this is the thing that I do in the second song and like it kind of became an elaborate routine um And I think that there's a lot of good that can come with repetitive movement. Right. So like, that's pretty much everything. Like you get better when you do repetitive movement. And then once it gets better, you can start to play with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it would be really interesting to have a venue where I could perform the same act repeatedly to make it better. Mm -hmm. Um, But who knows what that venue is right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it. I remember like, I remember asking Emily kind of like, oh, like, because to me, pole is just so performance driven. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like where, like where are the places where people can go watch these shows? Is it like burlesque? Is it this, is it that? And just discovering that there just aren't a lot of places where this happens with any sort of regularity. Um,
3: I mean, there's a couple of places that were doing monthly shows in New York.
0: Yeah, but it's not um, like it wasn't like, oh, like this is like, yeah, but this it's is not... the place or, or some, you know, and I think of like, you know, if you are working as like a professional hand balancer again, like, you know, like when the world opens up in, in some fashion, like there are places, you know, like, I mean, I do remember there were a lot of these really amazing shows in New York um, where they would have like acrobats and hand balancers, and it's not quite a circus show, but it's like um, some theater. sort of like dinner theater thing. And and that's, I guess that's what I'm, I'm curious about. I'm like, it sounds like that's kind of what you're describing as like an aspiration is that you could, you would yes. be like a professional no. performer in some way.
3: Here's, here's the problem with this. Mm-hmm. I worked the nightlife
0: mm-hmm.
3: scene for all of my twenties, basically. Mm-hmm. And I would like to go to bed at 10 o'clock. And that is not conducive for the performance track. Right. Right. Most shows are in the evening. You stay out late. You do the gig. You come home. And I'm not going to say that I don't want to do it, but I don't want to do it a long period of time. Like I I enjoy teaching during the day. I enjoy spending time um, with my partner at night Mm -hmm. and going to bed at a reasonable hour. Mm -hmm. Um, I would for the right experience do something at night again yeah. but it's nicer to be able to do one off shows and then have that fun and then be like okay now I can go to bed yeah. um uh, and maybe I sound like a grandma but like no whatever. I
0: think I think that there's something there I don't know it's I really <laughs> yeah I mean, I just I think that there's something so I don't know like I said like once I realized there was some sort of like there wasn't like this these arenas for this these types of performances I'm like there is something there's an opening i think i i don't know i don't have the answer it's and a i think
1: time show
0: yeah i okay. think there could be yeah for the whole family um but i think uh i don't know and especially after watching that great zoom thing because you know what i watched was not just one type of act there was it, it, it was an array of acts i mean I, there was like a woman dancing with like swords and things like that, I think. And then there were people on different apparatuses and hand balancers and pole. And yeah, I just think that there, there, there needs to be, or there, there could be, there should be, I I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer. Maybe you should do like, um, I don't know, maybe it starts online. Maybe it is like doing like these like online performances because I really do think that that thing that you guys did was pretty interesting. And I think if the world kind of is staying where it's at for a little bit, I'm like, I don't know. What if you put out like a a, a bi weekly like performance piece?
3: There are it is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it is worth it financially. Yeah. Uh mostly because i feel like at the beginning of, of lockdown a lot of people were like oh let's do all these zoom things and it was more fun and i feel like it's kind of kind of dying out to some degree it yeah. definitely still happens i've seen a lot of uh, burlesque shows um, i've seen a lot of like weird circus shows and like people doing the the show that you're talking about um still runs once what
0: a month. is that, what is that show called
3: um, let the meat cake
0: yeah i thought it, i really thought it was amazing i was really yeah. taken back my 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 wife's Yeah. So my father-in-law, he watched a good portion of it with us as well. And he was, his mind was like blown. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, if, if it was not just donation based, if there could be like properly funded, then it's going to be a different scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also hard because like for that kind of stuff, they want something new each time versus like being able to do like, here's my act. I'm going to do this act and kind of build on it and perfect it. Right. It's Um, almost like,
0: like, like take your act on the road. Yeah, Yeah. so
3: the fun thing about being able to—it's—it's kind of weird. I feel like because I do pole as like my kind of main thing, uh, I'm known in different kind of arenas. Like I can dabble in different things. Like oh, that's one of the pole girls, kind of a thing. And then because of that, like it kind of overlaps into like whatever other stuff I'm doing to some degree. So because I have this like the pole community
1: Mm -hmm.
3: um i'm able to take my handstands or take other things into that Mm -hmm. versus going into like if i go into a hand balance community and try to do a hand balancing act they're going to be like no
0: right like
3: if i take it from a pole community my hand balancing act is amazing
0: right right. so it's
3: it's interesting what like arena you put it into Mm
0: -hmm. like if i'm
3: going to go monkey around at a crossfit box and i do a couple handstands people are like their minds are blown and I don't right. even have to do a good handstand for that. Right. right? Um, versus if I'm in a room with 12 hand balancers, I'm like, yeah, I can kind of hold my own. Cause I can do a couple things that like maybe not everybody can do.
1: Right. Right.
3: Uh, so it's interesting to see like where, where you can present it, I guess to where the interest is and stuff like that. So how do you make it mainstream is the problem.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm curious with you, like, because I, I realized like, you really kind of have your finger on the pulse of like movement things. Like, like I feel like you're really paying attention. Um, so I, I also have to assume then that there's like a fair amount of things that like you're aware of that you haven't like played with or dabbled with yet and that you see are happening out there. So I'm I'm super curious what those things are that you look at and you're like, I haven't gotten there yet and I want to go there someday, somehow, and maybe it means like after coronavirus settles down, what are those things where you're like, I'm going to get there at some point or I, I, I'm super interested in that work that that teacher is doing? Who are some of those people or, or those philosophies that you feel drawn to?
3: I mean, partially, honestly, I want to get my strength back. I've lost a lot of strength
0: mm-hmm.
3: not being able to go and do all of the things that I've been used to doing. Um, I tried to do a muscle up the other day. It did not go well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, oh, I should do my dips, do my support L's and stuff like this again to like build it back up. So I think the starting point is just being able to hang with people that I used to hang with and like to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, there's, um, some random people in different places. So in Belgium, there's, uh, this dude, uh, Joachim Mm
1: -hmm.
3: who is, oh God, I can't remember what his thing on Instagram is. Um, but he does like weird movement stuff and he has like crazy shoulders. And I, I actually was in Belgium and crashed at his at a girlfriend's house like for two nights. I was like, hey, can I, <laughs> I can stay with you guys? Mm-hmm. He was nice enough to let me stay. And we trained and we worked out and it was really fun because he does a little bit of handstands and he does hanging and like he's really into um, kind of like mobility to build strength and flexibility kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um and he has his own methods and things like this and so like that's somebody who like I want to go and train with again but like as it is right now like I don't know if I can hold my own because Mm -hmm. I feel like I've regressed in quarantine um same thing uh Henry or Harry sorry Harry uh holistic movement I think is what his thing is in Australia he does a bunch of handstands and like weird monkeying stuff Mm -hmm. and like uh his girlfriend does um a lot of yoga And, Mm -hmm. like, I would like to be able to one day again go and see them and, like, be able to keep up and, like, be like, you guys are doing this cool shit. Let me show you something. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of building my own strength back up um, to be able to hang with people that are kind of the top of their bubbles.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Um, Coming out to Colorado, depending on the day of, like, where the movement Co. or APECO or whatever Matt's Mm -hmm. calling it these days, right, like, what they're doing. And like some of it, I'm interested in some of it, I'm not interested in. So mm-hmm. that, that kind of comes into play. Where like, okay, I want to play with these things and like, not with that. And like coming mm-hmm. out and doing like more floor floor flow stuff with Marlo and like just different people that I've already worked with mm-hmm. that I would like to work with again and see kind of progress different movement and things that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like new people go some of it's just kind of riffing from the internet of like what other people I see do stuff like there is this floor movement workshop of this chick that I started following on Instagram that she was offering uh like a four dollar class and I was like I'll take that that sounds fun and she's like donating all the proceeds to people who um like she'll donate it to somebody who like needs costumes for their show or needs a flight to go to this workshop or like something like that she's doing like a can't even remember some sort of like write in about it Mm -hmm. um so some of it for me it's people on instagram Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people because I haven't been traveling is just seeing people and keeping up again with people that I've I've trained with in the past
0: yeah yeah
3: and getting better so being able to go and see like Yuval in 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 France again like going to handstand camp and and things like this. I don't have yeah. any like super lofty goals right now because I can't honestly think that far right now either. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I just want to kind of like try to maintain what I have and then gain back strength that I've lost.
0: Yeah. I feel like when it when it all becomes available again, I envision for you. Okay. This is my aspiration because I know that you don't like the partnering stuff. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Um, only because I miss it so much, but I actually think that like you could really, I think it could grow on you in a really interesting way. I think that you need to start grappling.
1: Oh God, no. I
0: th- i think that jujitsu should be in your future. It doesn't have to happen next year, maybe not even in two or three years, but I think that, I think Sam Starr grappling would be like a really amazing uh, exploration because- it, it is the epitome of partnering. It's not just like partnering from a distance. Um, but I have found that what I have learned, whether it be how I relate to other people or how I relate to another person in relation to the floor or how I move on the floor in relation to another person, um, totally changes. Yep. Um, and that kind of communication is really interesting. Um, so I think that there's, there's something there. So if you're really ready to get uncomfortable, like once the world becomes available, I do think that there's something really special in that art form.
3: Part of the reason that I've avoided it, um, Mm -hmm. is I don't want to hurt myself accidentally. Mm. And I feel like everybody I know that rolls Mm -hmm. and grapples fucks themselves up pretty severely for at least a period of time. Um, and it's something that I can't afford to do. And it, it'll happen anyway. Like I definitely like will mess myself up doing something, but I feel like if I put myself in a situation like that, because I'm more uncomfortable and I freeze and I get more awkward right. with that occurring situation, I am going to accidentally encourage an injury on myself yeah. Um, if I get into that environment.
0: Well, what I Maybe suggest,
3: when, like, I haven't snowboarded in like eight years because like, I'm just like, I can't fuck myself up.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a different situation when both feet are strapped down to like a, a piece of wood. Um, then what I, then what I would suggest is um, I don't know if you know who Margot Ciccarelli is.
2: No, um, no.
0: She is uh, really, I think she's good friends with Tom and is really into the work that Tom does, but she's okay. also like, um, I think she's a brown belt in jujitsu. I had her on here. Okay. She I'll have to listen it. to it. You'll have to listen to it. Um, and she is, she travels quite a bit, kind of like you, but I think she's in New York often when the world is as it were.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that she would be an interesting resource if it were something you were ever being like, you know what, I'm going to like give it a try because I just speaking to her, she has like a warmth and compassion and, and, and you would, you want to work with somebody who's knows the ropes. If you have two people who are brand new, like that's not going to.
3: It's never, well. it's never good.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just kind of hearing that initial discomfort of being like, being like the partner thing.
3: Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I don't know. It made me think like, oh, maybe you should like, rather than playing with it in the dance room, be like, I don't know, maybe I'll just like lean into it.
3: Yeah. So part of the issue has always been, um, and I've taken like different workshops to put myself in those situations where it's like dance partnering or like some sort of thing like that. Um, and if I'm partnered with somebody who knows what they're doing, then things are fine.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The issue has been because I'm a competent mover mm-hmm. in other elements of movement. People assume that I'll be good at that, and then they partner me with people who also don't know what they're doing, and it becomes a hot mess disaster train.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: <laughs> and then I get really put off by it, and I can't like I can't get past like the uncomfortable like neither of us know what we're doing, and this is going to become a dangerous situation. Right. Um. Versus if I'm partnered with somebody who can like mitten paws cat, like a little bit nice on me, then like I can, I can start to play with it a little bit. The other issue that I found is that again, because I'm a competent mover, people assume that I can play Mm -hmm. in the partnering world. And I cannot Mm. because I don't have enough of the, the basic language. Right. But because I can do X, Y, and Z of other things, I, I it's it's kind of a hindrance to some degree because then people assume that I'm going to be good at this thing. And I'm like, ah, I don't know what, I, I need more information. Right. Uh, and partially I don't end up uh, allocating the time that it would take to learn the bases to learn mm-hmm. the basics, to get comfortable with them um, in, in something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Learning, learning how to be a partner that's both like playful and challenging and all those things is a really hard role to play. And I mean, because I teach a lot of things that involve partnering, like that's a, that's a thing that has to be like instilled. It's like, it's not just about the person that is doing, playing the game, but like being like the leading partner or being the challenging partner, or if it's at different levels, what does that mean to like, give people what they need to help them get better? Because if they get better, we all get better, like these types of things. But I think that's why, because so much of the culture of jujitsu, like the entire culture of jujitsu is built around partnering, you know? And I don't know, maybe that's what it is to me, where I'm almost like, oh, well, it instills so much about understanding what that is like, because when I've gotten to work with people who are better than me, and there's a lot of them, a lot of them, um, the way that someone who's really good, who's better than me, handles the situation of me not being at their level is, is very interesting. Like the way that they want to help me learn while, while only giving me so much, you know what I mean? To like, here's how I can help educate you. And, and I don't know, there's, there's a power there in like learning what that partnering feels like and in jujitsu, just like does it there in like was, a, a heavy way.
3: There was a workshop that I went to. It was like a week long thing. It was called Moby. I don't think mm-hmm. it's ever existed again. It was like five teachers. It was uh Tom Wuxer was one, Aaron Cantor. My teacher was one uh, Rafe Kelly mm-hmm. uh, who does like the tree running stuff. Yeah. And then, um, uh, Shira Yaziv, who has a, I can't remember what it's called, like monkey playground or something.
0: Yeah.
3: um, In San Francisco.
0: Yeah. In the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, Who is kind of doing more capoeira and some partnering things. And it was great because um, Marlo actually was a student at that too. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, it was interesting because like some of the things I'm great at, like that works and I can partner with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and explain it and hang out. Then I end up like in a situation where like, you're at like, things are okay. And then it really, like, I get to a point where I'm just like, I can't deal with this immediately. Mm -hmm. And if the other person can't receive that, it it ends up being really hard. So that's been like one of my issues with partnering is that I've ended up. And then I I get this also like head case about, well, if I'm partnered with somebody that's way better than me, that can teach me how to do this, then I'm, I'm taking away their experience by not letting them partner with somebody who's going to also challenge them.
0: Oh, but that's, see, that it
3: becomes this like, I know. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: yeah. That shouldn't be the case because that, that, that like, that it is, a, it's, a, it's a, it, every opportunity is an opportunity, you yeah. know? And like, I felt it like when I partner with somebody and like I have a little more experience with whatever the game is than they have, that like there's something to me creatively that has to happen to help be like, oh, I'm going to help benefit them. And that's a challenge, but also being like, I'm going to look within myself to be like, well, how do I make this? A, a challenge for me to like learn something, you know? And I wouldn't think twice about that um, because I think I think it's magical. And I also think that it makes us better at like being with people. I think it's, in the, I think like, you know, now more than ever, we need that. But like, you know, I think that these are important qualities like at my jujitsu school in New York, the Marcelo Garcia Academy, Marcelo would always give speeches like before the belt ceremonies. And I've talked about this a lot, but before one of them, he was saying, and you know, he's like won like multiple world championships, like best ever. And he was like, you know, guys, what I like about jujitsu more than owning a school and all the accolades and all these things is that it makes us better at being with people. And that's to me why I love it. You know, like, learning how to like have these like nonverbal conversations be intimate um being close it's like this transcends this space and i was just like this isn't just a jujitsu thing it really is like a a partnering thing that i was like this is it's so simple but so magical because we're at a time where like things are just people are getting further and further and further and further away it's like now we can't even like see people's expressions half the time um Yes. I think, uh, I think it's magical. So at some point here, listen to the podcast with Margo. I think that you'll, you'll really pick up what she's putting down, especially since you, you know, you're a fan of Tom's as well. Um, so there's a, there's an interesting jumping off point there. Um, if people want to train with you, how do we make that happen?
3: A couple different ways. If you're in New York and you want to pole dance, uh, I am at body and pole. Um, are you
0: guys open now?
3: we are having, we're hosting trainings right now. Yeah. Okay. We have some in, in-person classes, uh, sorry, trainings happening. Um, and then I teach on zoom, um, for warrior bridge.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I teach a press handstand class and a splits flexibility class for them. And then I teach two more zoom classes, uh, handstand movements and shapes kind of thing and uh, full body flexibility, um, through my own zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a website now. Also things that happened during the COVID. Nice,
0: um, congratulations.
3: I finally got it running and up. Um, so it has my, my schedule and different ways to contact me. It's um, samanthastar.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, Instagram is honestly the best way to kind of stay on top of things and see what's going on um, and connect and reach out and say hi. Um, and that would be Lithium Kitten. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason that it's lithium kitten is because my cat's name is lithium.
0: Oh yeah. I saw your cat kind of like creeping around there while we were chatting. She left. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and people can do, do you, are you doing any sort of like private, um, or one-on-one zoom lessons, or are you able to do in-person one-on-one
3: depending on the circumstance? Um, I've done a couple of per in-person ones in New York, Mm -hmm. um, one-on-ones, but I've been doing more, uh one-on-one trainings on zoom.
0: Okay. So Um, everything, everything is available in some way.
3: Yeah. It depends on what like app, like if, if poll is happening, uh, like if somebody would have to have their own poll for it to be on zoom, um, I've been doing actually a lot more handstand, um, privates and just Mm -hmm. like movement mobility and stuff like this, Mm -hmm. um, which has been fun.
0: I mean, listen, like I, I've gotten to be in the room a number of times, watching you like work through your, your handstand practice. And, um, I, I can tell there's like a, a serious amount of awareness there. So I think that anybody who's looking to like, uh, improve their handstand would, would benefit from, from your eyes.
3: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to, to be able to see something and then help people find a way to fix it or to make it more solid or to elaborate on whatever that thing is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that you make it to Boulder while I'm still here. Um, I don't know when we'll be back in New York. I have no idea what, what, what transpires along the way here, but I'm, I'm sure if not Boulder and if not New York somewhere online. in between our, yeah, online for sure. Or somewhere potentially even on the other side of the planet who knows right? Where we'll like connect again. Um, but I don't know. I was, uh, I was just super touched that you, uh, you gave a little shout out to our, our podcast as well
3: oh, along absolutely. the way. It
0: means a lot to me.
3: It's been fun. I've actually been training, uh, listening to podcasts more.
0: Mm-hmm. So like
3: instead of putting music on, I'll put on a podcast and I've, I've been on a roll of listening, uh, to yours right now. Um, mm-hmm. because you've had a lot of people that I've either met Trained with, are friends with, or know, and so I'm kind of going through those ones first, and then I'll start going to the people that I don't know for more information. Yeah, um, and it's it's cool to hear different parts of people's stories and a little bit more about them, and have the opportunity to chat with you because it's really easy to chat with you.
0: Oh, that means a lot. Well, I I I think that sometimes, and I don't listen to many podcasts anymore. My my life is not in that way, but. I think sometimes we get so caught up on like some of like the, the the technique things or like this uber specific points that we forget like, oh, like we love stories and we love hearing about people and and we can learn about those things through the stories as opposed to like just always being so like, you know, detail oriented. And I yeah. think I, and I love getting to know people. Like I'm like, oh, like, oh, now I know Sam Starr. It's so cool.
3: Nice. Yeah. I'm glad we got to do this.
0: Me too. I look forward to when when we do it again. Let's keep the conversation going and I'll talk to you soon.
3: Absolutely. Let's do some handstands on Zoom.
0: Soon. Soon. All right. I'll talk to you later.
3: Awesome. Bye. Bye.